Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Executive Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, I'm starting this out with some sad news, which is that soap vet Nicholas Coster, perhaps best known as Santa Barbara's Lionel Lockridge, died earlier this week at the age of 89. Now, Santa Barbara was one of my absolute favorite soaps, and I remember being so excited that he was a key member of the original cast. He was just so spectacular in that role, and the scenes between him and Louise Sorrell's Augusta were certainly standouts. But the role I most associate with him is Another World's Robert Delaney, which my mom watched when I was very young. I will always like think of him from Bay City, but when he turned up as Blair's dad on The Facts of Life, I mean, that was like mind exploding. <laughs> um, but Nick made his mark across the daytime dial, appearing in The Secret Storm, As the World Turns, One Life to Live, All My Children, you know, just to name a few. And he was still acting in recent years, appearing on the digital drama series The Bay, for which he won a daytime Emmy. I mean, he's definitely a great loss to the soap community, and I know we both send our condolences to his family and friends. Absolutely, we do. I can truly say that I have been a fan of his for as long as I can remember. You know, when I was um, coming of age as a soap fan and first starting to read the magazines and become familiar with phrases like soap hopper, Nicholas Coster was the quintessential example of someone who constantly reinvented himself in all kinds of different roles all over soapdom. Uh, his Lionel was definitely a standout for me as well from Santa Barbara, but I also have fond memories of him as uh, Eduardo Grimaldi, one of the many, 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 many husbands of As the World Turns is Lisa. Uh, now in our new issue, we have a tribute to another veteran soap babe who recently passed away, Brett Hadley, who played uh, Carl Williams on YNR. He passed away at the age of 92. What a remarkable life he lived. Uh, I had such a soft spot for Carl and I like loved his relationships on the show with his son, Paul and his wife, Mary. When I first started watching YNR and I suppose watching soaps in general, I didn't have a close relationship with my own grandparents who lived out of state. And I think I was just so fascinated by and drawn to characters like Carl and Mary or Ruth and Joe on All My Children or Bob and Kim or Emma on As the World Turns and the way that they interacted with and frequently disapproved of their adult children and sometimes grandchildren as well. Uh, like, I think we were just, you know, really lucky as viewers to have decades with all of those characters and with the actors who played them. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And to your point, it's the best case why multi-generational storytelling is just so important in this 
Absolutely. Now, hot on the heels of Lamone Archie returning to Days of Our Lives comes Sal Stowers' Lonnie, who gets a furlough from prison to attend her father Abe's funeral. Now, of course, we know he is not dead. Um, Lonnie and Eli will also get to mark their wedding anniversary on July 4. So there is some happiness along with the sadness. In the new issue, we have an interview with Terrell Ransom Jr., who previously played Theo as a child, but is back as a new character, Jerry. Terrell, who has now grown up, tells us he made sure to dress up on his first day back to make a good impression at the show he called home for seven years, which I find so adorable. And he said so many of the actors came up and were like, you were this tall the last time I saw you. Do you remember me? And he said he felt so welcome and it was like seeing distant relatives after a long time, which makes complete sense. You know, I love how the show's head writer, Ron Carlovati, has incorporated so many familiar faces into this story with Abe. And, you know, I can't wait to see where it's going next. Uh, now, in other days news, Jasper Newman's run as Colin has come to an end. Uh, well, I have to say, I am so looking forward to seeing Sal again. And uh, someone that GH fans will be seeing again is Jeff Kober, who plays Cyrus. He will interact with Pentonville's newest inductee, Drew Kane, when <laughs> Drew reports to prison soon. And in some very happy real-life GH news, Sophia Matson, who plays Sasha, just gave birth to her second child. Baby number one was a boy. This new baby is a girl, beautiful, just like her mama. But even though Sophia is on maternity leave, she did quite a bit of pre-taping and we are definitely going to see Sasha in some uh, very big story in the next month or two. Well, that is good to hear. Um, now, you and I have discussed at length how passionate a following Young and Restless's Summer and Kyle have, but their happy union has hit the rocks and our guest today has been thrown right into the middle of the drama. It's Suleika Silver, who plays Genoa City newcomer Audra. So let's get her on the line and see how her soap experience has been so far. Hi, Suleika. Hi. This is, I think, going to be my first long-form podcast, so... Well, we're honored. We are. We will be gentle. Um, <laughs> we could not be speaking to you at a more opportune time. Um, a lot of spiciness going on with Kyle and Audra. But before we get there, we're going to go back a little in time. Um, so take us back to when you first decided to pursue a career in acting and how did it all come to be? Well, I started doing uh, commercials and print modeling um, when I was around. I think I started when I was like eight years old before I could even really speak English. Um, so yeah, I was kind of just thrown into it. My mom always had a love for the entertainment industry. Uh, she dabbled in a little bit of acting. Um, so it kind of seemed like kind of the natural thing to do. We always had a camera shoved in our faces since I, I think my first memory. Um, <laughs> so it was always something I felt comfortable doing. And after a while, I kind of took a break, went through that weird, uh, my weird puberty teenage stage that we all go through. So I took a long break. But, you know, when I started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, I always remember that I enjoyed being in front of the camera. And it was something that was always fun for me. And I really enjoyed it. So then um, I took it more seriously after high school, did a two year program. And I decided that, you know what, this is what I want to dedicate my life to. What are some of your early memories of being on a set? One of my earliest ones, and um, I don't even think this business is still in business, Radio Shack. I don't know if you guys remember Radio Shack. I did of a commercial. Course. and Where uh, do you think I bought my cassettes? <laughs> I'm like, 
it's funny because when I talk about moments like this, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like such a grown up now. Like now I'm like, back in my day, we had Radio Shack. Uh, <laughs> but they had, a, I think, a Grinch video game or something. And so I had to, uh, I remember being on set and they kept telling me to like, keep doing the Grinch faces. I was like playing the game. So I'm like frowning and scrounging. It was so fun. It was so fun, but it was like channeling my inner Grinch. That's one of my <laughs> earliest memories, uh, trying to uh, imitate the Grinch on set. That was fun. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. once you picked it back up again, when you were older, you know, how did you even go about breaking into the business again? Or did you even need to break in? Did you consider yourself already there? Oh my God. So this story, okay. I, you need a work permit, right? If you're not 18. So I remember my parents had to get me one when I was younger, but when I was 17, I knew that as soon as I turned 18, like I wanted to go audition, but I wanted to start even though I wasn't 18 yet. So, um, I took a bus to an office in Van Nuys and I, filled out a work permit. Um, I guess I should backtrack a little bit. My parents were like, we're not going to take you to auditions anymore because traffic, it's crazy. If you want to do it, you have to wait till you're 18. And I was like, I will figure it out. So I got one of those forms to fill out the work permit. I remember that uh, your parents have to sign off on it and they already told me they weren't going to do it anymore. So I was like, I need to figure something out. So I had a little uh, prepaid phone and then I put the number of that phone number as if it was the school's number. And I dropped off the form to the lady in that uh, office in Van Nuys. And I was like, oh my God, I have to use the restroom. Um, I will be right back. Cause I, she was calling the school. And then I ran outside and I was like, uh, Paramount High School, how can I direct your call? And then she's like, oh, hi, I'm calling about a student who needs a work permit sign. Can I speak to the counselor? And I was like, yeah, please hold. And then I changed my voice. And then I answered like the counselor and I was able to get it approved, which I mean, I hope I don't get in any, I don't think I'll get in trouble for, you know, admitting that now, but um, now it can be I, told. <laughs> and I got my work permit signed and uh, it pretty much was approved. And I I forget who my agent was at the time, but I was like, oh, look, my parents signed it. I can go to auditions. And then I did a little, I forget the name of the show, but it was like a Disney game show. Um, And uh, I was like a little contestant on the game show. And then I showed up. I took like four buses to get there for my parents' house. I showed up and then they were like, oh, your parent, where's your dad? You know, because you have to bring a parent to sit. I was still 17. I was like, oh, he's parking. He's parking, you know? And then, um, oh, he's just in the car taking some calls. And they're like, okay, well, he needs to come in and be here with you. I was like, oh, he went to like grab something. I kept making excuses. And then they found out that I just showed up to sit by myself. And then a PA ended up like driving me home. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm telling that story because I just, to answer your question of like, when I got older, how did I, I kind of just took it on my own. And I was like, you know what, I want to do this. I don't want to wait till I'm 18. I can start now. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I forged a work per, a work permit and uh, I went to set without a parent, but it all worked out. So wait, do your parents know these stories? Oh yeah, because they called my dad and they were like, hey, uh, we have your daughter here. You're supposed to be here. He's like, I'm at work. What do you mean? Um, so yeah, they found out, they thought it was kind of funny. I didn't really get in trouble over it, but they were like, uh, I don't know, you you need to wait, you know, till till you're in town. I'm like, well, you should have came with me and drove me, but I don't know, maybe I was talking back or something and they were like, no, we're not going to take you. I don't really remember all the details, but yeah. Well, so I, when I turned 18, I was so glad. Yeah, I mean, you clearly didn't need to work on your improv skills. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I know. Right? That's amazing. <laughs> so among your pre Young and the Restless credits that we have to ask about is a one day stint that you did on The Bold and the Beautiful. So what do you remember about your experience playing a model on B&B? You know, someone posted a clip of it uh, on Twitter somewhere. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that's right. Because at first I was like, wait, did I have lines or did I not? But I did. And it was like, they, we had to try on clothes and do a little catwalk. Um, and it was, it was fun. It was a few other girls and I, um, and yeah, it was super, super brief, right? So it was a short day. We just got to look fabulous for the day as one does on a soap. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, did it whet your appetite for maybe wanting to do more, you know, daytime work or just work in general, like to get you excited that you're on your way? I mean, at the time, I just, you know, whatever I could get, I was so excited about, you know, as an actor, you're in the audition circuit. So anything and everything, I was going off for everything, right? So just booking something, you know, you're just like, great, I'm working today. This is amazing. I get to pay some bills. <laughs> so definitely every time I book something, it just continues to motivate me to keep going and, and, uh, you know, not give up because sometimes you go out on so many auditions or send tapes into the abyss and you're just like, I don't know what's happening. Well, I am a reality TV junkie. So something I have to ask you about is uh, something that you participated in the same year you did b 2013, which is Nuestra Belleza Latina, a reality <laughs> competition show for Univision that you've described as something that would be catnip to me, America's Next Top Model meets American Idol. So tell us about that series and your experience. Right. On it. It's so funny because I didn't even really want to do it, but I, my mom was like, just audition, just because she mainly watches Spanish TV and it was like the biggest like Sunday night uh, live show. And she's like, just do it. And I was like, fine, I'll audition. You know, I'm like, you're just living through me once again. No, <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I'll do it. And um, it was, so in this, I describe it like America's Next Top Model because we have these like weekly challenges, but then Sundays it's like this live show. I, I love American Idol in the sense there's a live audience, someone gets eliminated, goes home, right? So it's like super dramatic. Uh, so I guess that's the best way I can describe it. Um, but yeah, you know, it was an interesting experience. It wasn't the best. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, it, but, you know, being on a show like that, it you're exposed to just being every little thing about you will be picked on and criticized. And I think that's like part of the of what comes with being on a show like that. Um, I do. While I was on it, I was it wasn't the best experience. But then after looking back at it now, I'm like, you know what? Going through something like that, I think just really pushed me to grow in the sense of like discovering my inner, like my self-worth and really just diving deep. And, and also knowing that a lot of that outside noise, is not so much a reflection of me, but rather like a projection. Right. And just, I, I grew thicker skin because of it. So I am grateful for that experience, even though it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though, that you were able to even just take that away from it. It sounds so productive. Um, now, dating back to 2015, you've made multiple appearances on Jimmy Kimmel Live, playing the role of Mrs. Guillermo, Mr. Guillermo, of course, being Jimmy's security guard and sidekick. So, I mean, that sounds like such a fun gig. How did you land that? Oh so fun. I absolutely love working there. Um, and just working with Guillermo, he's just so funny and he doesn't even try. Like he's just this funny guy and he's so humble. Everyone there is, and they're just so sweet. Um, and I first came on, I think just doing, 
I, w- I was just doing like random skits. And then the first one I did as Mrs. Guillermo, I think they like that dynamic. We work well off each other and stuff. And it's, it's interesting um, because Mrs. Guillermo is like also just the strongest Audra, right? So in the sense of like, she was kind of the boss and Guillermo's like, uh, like that's our dynamic. Like she is running things. She has her job. And then we'll have skits where he's like, Oh, at home eating chips. And he says he's at work and I'm like watching him through the camera. Um, so we've always had a great time. Uh, every time we film those skits and they, they're really fun. Yeah. I saw the thing on Instagram, the like Christmas themed, uh, picture of the two of you. And it gave me such a chuckle. Um, what is like yeah. the vibe backstage at a show like Jimmy Kimmel and for you like did you ever get to interact with any of the like big celebrity guests that would be on the same episode uh yes uh well it's we filmed the um the skits uh earlier that day so it doesn't get as crazy like the audience is not in there yet Mm -hmm. um so I did this skit with Tracy Morgan uh from 30 Rock and so he came in and and Jimmy was playing a producer and he was supposed to be uh the singer who sings Mambo number five, right? So I was, you have uh, Monica, Erica, right? All the girls that Mr. Mambo number five sings about. So there is this part where they're like, okay, so he's in the music studio singing and you're just going to go up to him. And um, I had to do a little bit. And then we end with me just kissing him on the cheek. And I was like, great. So I'm so excited to do it. And so I'm like kind of skipping a little too fast. I knock him off his chair by accident. And I was mortified. I was like, of course, I'm like coming in, knocking this like huge celebrity off his chair. And I was like, he can get, you know, maybe he's going to get pissed and I'm going to get fired. I was thinking the worst, but he played along with it. And I think that's a testament to what a great actor he is, right? He used the moment as like, it was improv, right? So he he played it and um, we were all just laughing about it after. And I was like, oh my God, I'm glad that, you know, it could have gone a different way. Uh, <laughs> so it, there was a few times where I was able to interact with with a few of the celebrity guests there and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely one that I will uh, never forget. It's on YouTube. <laughs> but, they, but they didn't air the part where I, you know, knocked him over, which I think it could have worked. It was funny, but I, I guess it threw off write the next verse of the song but um yeah it was it was really funny embarrassing but funny (laughs) are are jimmy and guillermo as great as they seem on camera off camera yeah they are i i've interacted with jimmy a a few times because most of my kids have been with um guillermo but the ones where he has been in there um yeah no he's like really sweet he always says hello um yeah so all my experiences with them have been pretty positive love that um were they excited when you got your YNR role do they know what's up with Audra yeah <laughs> they were so excited everyone said congratulations because I did get to do um the last skit I did I was um already here and they were just saying congratulations they're so happy for me because they they know how you know the industry is in the grind and all of that so they were all they're all super happy for me yeah I love it I love it so uh, you've you've done a lot of work in, in primetime over the years as well, a lot on CBS, in fact. Um, you've done Young Sheldon, Hawaii Five-0, The Mentalist, and this is just a few of, of the titles. But on The Mentalist, your character had the distinct honor of being held hostage by Titus Welliver's character, Michael Ridley. So what was he like to work with and what was being on that show like? Wow. I mean, I, that was a really tough, like, uh, storyline, but so enriching as an actor to be able to, like, go there, right? So... Um, it was exploring that theme of like human trafficking, which is like so heavy. Right. But 
being able to tell stories, compelling stories like that. And my, you know, my sister was also kidnapped on the show and then I'm trying to find her. And um, yeah, it was like a three episode arc and just going through that emotional journey and, and working with such talented, such a talented cast, you know, it was, it was definitely one of my favorite projects I've done. Yeah, definitely. I was a big fan of that show. Um, now you decided to put your acting career on hold to pursue a college education and you graduated with honors, very impressive from UCLA. So what made you decide to continue your education? I think it was something that I always wanted to do for myself. It was, I, I sometimes get these ideas of like, oh, I bet you I can do this. Like, I'm like, I bet you I can run a marathon. Let me do that. So I think it's, I think sometimes I get a little, uh, whenever I feel like I'm stuck or I get a little bored of something or like, well, how can I challenge myself? What can I do to continue growing? Um, and that's kind of a common theme in my life. I like to push myself. And um, so I, I, when I enrolled in community college, I just wanted to take a few classes just because I'm like, I want to be a better writer or just learn something new. I didn't really have the intention of going to UCLA. Um, but then I really liked it. I was like, I like the structure. I like what I'm learning. I like what I'm reading. I like the discussions. I like the community. And then I spoke with a counselor. They're like, well, are you going to transfer? I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, they're like, you should try UCLA. You have a great GPA. I was like, I'll, I probably can't get in there or afford that. Like that's, uh, you know, a great school. But then he's like, no, of course you can like try it, like do it. And what's the worst that can happen? And I was like, okay, sure. I'll, I'll do it. And then I I got in and I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's cool. I was like, I, that's amazing. I'm like, okay, now am I going to actually go? And I, and I followed through and I think it was a great experience. I, I learned so much. I think that, um, philosophy helped me and saved me in a lot of ways. Initially, I, uh, I was a, a political science major and then I took one philosophy class and then I was like, wait, I so I'm so interested in this. I want to learn more about this. And I think um majoring in philosophy and learning about it and I I still read philosophy to this day. I I think it just made me a better person. Um yeah, I don't know how practical it might be in the in the real world. I think well, I think it is actually. I mean in the sense of like if I didn't want to be an actress and I was like I'm going to major in philosophy to get a job, I think that might be a little tough, but I think I went to school to to um you know uh learn and just explore and and I wanted to study something that truly interests um me and I did and and I think I'm a better person because of it because I a lot of philosophers ask so many of the questions that I had been asking my entire life and then to see how they explored those questions and having a curious mind and not being married to one idea. I think I still um, hold on to that idea and apply it to different areas of my life today. I totally relate to that. Like I got a quote unquote impractical degree from a liberal arts school, but it it helps to train your mind to think and to be the kind of person exactly. you want to be. And that's invaluable. Um, so did you miss acting at all when when your focus shifted onto your academics? Yes, I had so many times uh, where I was like, why am I in school? I should be acting. Um, I thought about quitting a lot of times and I still did a few auditions here and there. I think when I did Young Sheldon, I was like uh, in my second year. Um, yes. So I did a couple of things here and there, but I still didn't. I did tell my agent like, hey, this is something I want to do for myself. I'm not going to be able to really audition 
but maybe if it's during a break or here and there, like I can do that. Um, and yeah, I, I really second guessed my decision for a long time, but I'm glad I did it because I don't know, I, like we just discussed, right? Like it just, it taught me those valuable skills of like critically think and analyze. And I think I can also apply that to my acting. You graduated in 2020 and show business was mostly shut down at the time due to COVID. So had you planned to go right back into acting at the time? And like, what was life like for you after those first few months out of school? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to just finish and jump right back in. And then I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I can't. Um, and we even had a virtual graduation. I like walked across my living room and my my parents were there and my friends were there. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do this. I want to be on the stage. But um, yeah, I, I want, I was so ready to just like jump back in. Right. But everything was like shut down and just dealing with all of that. I mean, there's nothing you can really do, but just, um, can, I, I think that's when I also, you find something else to do creatively. Um, I was writing and just trying to just do things that would keep that muscle going, even if I couldn't actively like really be out, uh, doing auditions and things like that. And, uh, on set, mm-hmm. it was limited. All right. Well, let's skip ahead two years to the summer of 2022 when YNR was looking to cast the role of Audra. So following that very brief turn on The Bold and the Beautiful in that, in that you know, nine-year period, had you ever auditioned for another soap? Uh, no. I, I think I did audition for YNR like when I was in my early 20s. And I think I had got the screen test and they, I found out that I was like in first position for it, but then it ended up getting scrapped because of like budget or something. And I remember being so bummed out. Um, that was like, I I couldn't even tell you what the role was. It was such long or 10 years ago. Um, so that's the one that I remember. Uh, but no, I, I, I hadn't auditioned for, for soaps. No. They're lost. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what appealed to you about the character description for Audra? Uh, I'm trying to remember the breakdown, but I remember being like, yes, it was like, she's strong. She's a businesswoman. Um, I think it even said like she was mercurial or something. I might be mispronouncing that word. Um, but I like that it seemed like she wasn't just one thing, right? She's like dynamic. And and um, I was attracted to the fact that she's just this business executive. And, you know, she has, I think it also said something like she has two very distinct sides, you know, when it's business, it's business, when it's playtime, it's playtime. And I love that, that she can um, keep the two separate. And I thought that would make her interesting. It wouldn't just be like one thing that I'm just playing, right? She has these two sides. So that was, that's what initially um, attracted me to her. Yeah. Well, talk us through the casting process from your perspective. Like, did you submit a tape first or did you go in in person first? Right. So uh, since COVID, uh, self-tapes are the new norm, right? So I, I it started really picking up around this time. Like I was just sending tapes, so many tapes, and I was getting so close to so many things. I um, like it would come down to like just a few of us. So I was like, I know something's about to happen, right? You just know as an actor, you're like, okay, you're getting great feedback. You're getting so close on so many things. You're on hold. Um, and so I, I got the tape. Um, And because I was getting so close on so many projects and so much, uh, and uh, it was like pilot season, really, my manager's like, oh, you know, I I think maybe we should pass on this YNR audition. I was like, no, not passing. I want to do it. I like this character. You know, I like had a good feeling about it. 
I was like, let me just do the tape and then we'll take it from there. You know, if we don't hear anything, okay. But if we do, then we can dis, um, discuss this again. <clears throat> so I, I think I did it at like midnight because I just had so many tapes that day. And I think I was even having a glass of wine while I was doing it because it was a long day, girl. It was midnight. I was like, I just got to get this because they need to have it first thing in the morning. Um, and it was it was really fun to do it because I think I was just so... I wasn't overthinking it. I was relaxed. I just wanted to have fun with it, you know? And so bringing that in. Um, so I just sent it, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I tried to just not think about it because then I'll go crazy. And I think it was a couple of weeks later that I heard, um, oh, they want to like straight to the screen test, right? It wasn't even like a producers in person or over Zoom. It was from tape straight to the screen test, which is kind of unheard of, right? Uh, so I... I was so excited. I remember like, wow, this is really happening. And I've done screen tests before and you, you negotiate the deal and you sign and you're, you can feel it. Right. But then you still don't, it's still not yours, but all of that stuff needs to be sorted out before you even go in. Um, and I've been heartbroken about it so many times before. So I'm like, okay, just, it's okay to like manifest it and just feel it and be grateful. But also for my mental health, I can't be like, oh my God, I got it. And then I'm like sad in bed for the next week. Right. So then uh, fast forward to the screen test. It was um, me and two other girls. And I was just like, uh, I just want to be present. I just want to have fun. Matt was there. And I remember he was like, he made me feel comfortable. We were like, he was asking questions and like the vibe was just really like chill. And I really liked that because other screen tests, you're just like sitting, your stomach's turning, you're nervous, but it just seemed so calm and, and welcoming. And it had, it was really good energy. And we were even able to rehearse with uh, the actors before we even went in. And I was like, what? That's so cool. Never done that before. Um, so I was able to read with Sean before we even went in and Rory. Um, and they were just rehearsing with us before we went in. And uh, that helped immensely because you feel if you feel comfortable with who you're reading um, with, then it kind of takes not not all of the nerves away, but some of them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was really, it was a really fun uh, screen test. Got a couple notes, did adjustments and and that was it. And then I didn't hear, I thought I was gonna, cause I had read an interview. I think it was Rory's and someone else. They're like, oh, I, I hadn't even left and I already got the call. And I was like, I'm gonna find out the same day whether I got it or not. And I didn't. And I was like, oh my God, did I not get it? And then the next day I was like, okay, maybe they just like need an extra day. You know, the things we tell ourselves, you know, maybe they were running late or something to something else, (laughs) you know? And then I still didn't hear anything the next day. And I was like, so like, it just, what's yours, it's yours. No one can take it away from you. But then I hadn't heard no yet. So I know they were still like figuring it out. I'm like, what do they have so much to think about? Like, are they they just are that unsure? Like what's going on? But then they're like, oh, they're, then my manager calls me. And, you know, when they call, you're like, uh, <laughs> you know, but she's like, well, they're not going to know them until after the weekend. And I'm like, why? I have to think about this all weekend. And then um, I finally got the call. And when my manager called me, she's like, hold on, I have to get taught. And whenever she brings in my agent, usually if it's just her, and I know that maybe it's like not that great in the sense of they're like, oh, sorry, you know, but she's like, whenever she brings in, it's like a team call. I'm like, oh, this is good, you know? 
So then they, so then it's both of them. And then they tell me, and I literally, I was just like, I was silent for a second. I was like, oh my God, they're like, you got it. And I was like, are you kidding right now? Like pinch me. And I was actually doing a tape for another thing. So I was like in this period piece, like outfit and everything, my little Amish bun and everything. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even have to do this audition which I think I had still sent it or something, but um, because they would have shot before I didn't get that one, but it's okay because I got this, you know? Uh, but it was just, it's so exciting. And I just, moments like that, you're like, oh my God, everything I've been working so hard for, you know, it's like happening. And I was just, it's making me emotional even thinking about it because sometimes as an actor, you have those moments where you're like, I don't know if it's ever going to happen for me. You dedicate your life to something and you don't know for sure, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going to go to law school and I know I'll, I'll for sure be a lawyer. And, you know, you just, you're like, I just um, have faith. This is what I want to do. And I think because I love it so much, I don't think I'd be happy doing anything else. So it's like, I might as well just go for it. So I think, um, yeah, that moment was just so surreal and like, I'm still so grateful for it. Awesome. I love that. Did you do anything special to celebrate? Oh, I pop champagne. <laughs> Definitely. I had to. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't want to tell everyone right away because I just felt like it was this, like only my, my parents and my sisters, like the, like the closest people, because I didn't want to like, I feel like I had to protect it in a way, like, hold on, let me just savor it for a minute. And then I can tell like more friends and stuff, but like, I just wanted to just be with it for a moment, but like, oh, this is like my little, this is my thing right now that I get to protect and savor and enjoy. And um, a lot of people don't know, but I know, you know. Plus more champagne for you in that instance. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so what was um, like prep like for you in starting the job? And were you nervous about once you, the scripts, the scripts started to roll in about committing that much dialogue to memory? Yeah, I... I knew that um, things move fast. There's going to be a lot of pages, a lot of dialogue, and you better know your lines, right? Um, so I think I got like, I, I was, I had three weeks of episodes like before I started shooting. So I, as soon as I would get it, I would try to work on them and, and get off book. And I was working with like an acting coach at first because I was just like, I wanted to make sure I'd showed up and and did my absolute best um, and that I was prepared. And I was a little paranoid about that. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be the new actor that shows up on set and like goes up on a line and stuff, um, which, you know, obviously it happens sometimes, but uh, I wanted to do everything in my power to be prepared and like show up as my best self. So yeah, it was a little nerve wracking because everything does move so fast, but it's so, I think our brain is so amazing. Like at first I would need like a week to memorize maybe a full episode, but now I can look at it a couple of days before and your brain just adapts, you know? I, uh, some of my friends are like, oh my God, you're so good at memorizing. I'm like, if you had to memorize that much material, your brain would adapt and you'd be able to do it as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, to, I know this was like a long answer to your question, but to prepare, I just made sure that I, um, memorize ahead of time. And I worked on my character and then just really figuring out who Audra is. Like, I know that they give me a character description and all of that, but also like giving her, they hired me because they like what I brought to it. So exploring that. Um, and then I also talked to one of my friends who was on the show and just to kind of get a vibe of what set was like and, and, um, the dynamics of the show, if there's anything she thought that I should know coming into it. 
and just kind of pick her brain a little bit. Oh, did you already know someone on the show before you came? Yeah, Alice Hunter. She was on the show um, for a bit and and she gave me uh, a few pointers and about like what her time was. And um, she was like, whenever they put you with a, a male, like a, a reader, or it's a chemistry test. So just know that. So I'm like, but then now I'm like, am I everyone too much? <laughs> you know, Padra. Like, hmm, well, what's okay. no? The answer is no. <laughs> uh, well, what yeah, do you remember about your first day? So the first day, I only had one scene, which was nice because you know I'm just getting my feet wet. Um, it was a short scene with Sean, and I remember walking into a like walking on set and then they started like the crew was clapping and so I was confused I like started clapping with them and then they were like clapping welcoming me and I was like oh thank you it's just like I was like oh my god sounds like it'd be so awkward but I I don't know I'm like we're clapping for someone um but uh it was a really nice a warm welcome like I almost got a little emotional like just I'm like that's so sweet of them to do that um, and then it was a it was a brief scene. I think that's um, it's on YouTube. I think on the YNR channel when I first met Sean and I say my name and stuff. Um, and yeah, so I thought that was like I'm glad that I didn't just come in and had to do 30 pages. Like oh, I had a little bit and then a little bit more, and it just kind of worked out that way. Um, yeah. So you did, of course, know some broad stroke things about Audra's personality coming in. And as you said, we're finessing that a little bit before you you came aboard. But I'm curious if you feel like when it comes to bringing her to life, if if there are things that you think that you've been able to infuse her with and really help to create the character we see today as you've gone along month after month in playing her. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've brought to it is that I think she doesn't take a lot of people seriously in the sense of like, if someone is yelling at her and trying to put her in her place, like she's not going to get defensive. And like, you know, she's, she almost thinks it's a little funny that, you know, she gets, she gets a a little bit of, or a lot, I guess, of, of pleasure seeing that she got a rise out of someone, right? So on the page, it might just be like, I'm defending myself here. But I think I try to find the humor in that a little bit. Like, like, oh, that's cute that you're a little upset about that. You know, or she'll she'll feign innocence a lot in it, but it's just a manipulation tactic. Uh, so I think adding some of those layers and colors, I think it makes her more interesting. Like, you know, I think one of the things that I always like to remind myself, like how Audra handles conflict, right? She is great at emotional regulation, you know, and, and if someone is having an emotional outburst, like what will keep her in her power? Well, she's, I feel like when someone matches that same emotional outburst, then you kind of gave your power away. So for her, for Audra, it's all about staying in her power, and what so then how, it's how she handles conflict or how she covers her pain right um and how she handles that she she will try to find the humor in getting a rise out of someone and then she'll try to rise above other people by how she responds to them even if someone's like yelling at her and saying something super offensive she's going to be like she's going to throw it back with a smile she's not going to you know throw something and um, I think some of that stuff, uh, like the the little jabs and things like that, uh, obviously it starts with 
I'm not just making these things up. Like obviously there's some stuff in on the script for me to even like see those colors there. And a lot of it is on the page. Um, But I think leaning, I'm like, okay, let me lean into that a little bit more. Oh, I, you know, they wrote her as um, she's powerful and unapologetic. Okay. Can I lean into just having no shame in my game at all? Right. Because I think there are certain times where I'm like, okay, but what's the redeeming thing about it? Like I kept trying to find, um, the heroine in her, you know, and I'm, um, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I think what if she just, why, why does it have to be rooted in some, um, something good? Why can't it just be like, she's shameless about it and that's what she wants and that's okay. Right. So she's, she's ruthless and, uh, that's what makes her so fun. Yeah. And fun, and fun to watch. Like I absolutely am vibing with everything you're saying. And I think that that's a large part of why she has popped on the show and has been so successful. Um, um, well, I'm glad to hear that because, no, I was just going to say, I'm glad to hear that because sometimes you try these things and uh, you don't know how the audience is going to react or how, you know, how it reads and stuff. But um, yeah, glad to hear that. So thank you. Sure. Um, well, now that you've been in the groove a bit, do you feel your confidence as a performer has grown? Yeah. Um, I think now I have more freedom to try uh, riskier choices. And I think also working with Trevor St. John, I feel like I was, I actually texted him this yesterday because we were talking about our stuff today. And I'm like, uh, I've been learning so much from you. So thank you. And I think that seeing him take risks or trying um, something that might not necessarily be exactly on the page, right. And just taking more risks. It's, invited me and allowed me to also do the same. I'm like, yeah, well, why not? Right. Let's try that. Let, even though it's not the obvious choice might be more interesting. And if it doesn't work, then we'll just do it a different way. Right. Um, so I think that's given me more confidence of just trying something new. And sometimes you're surprised at how well it works or, or you might think the scene is supposed to go a certain way, but it'll go like yesterday we filmed the scene and we thought it was going to go a certain way. And we did it that way during rehearsal. But when we actually filmed it, you know, it was, it went a completely different way and it worked. And those are the moments when you're like, that was great. I'm, I'm glad that we went there, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, we have (laughs) certainly have questions, more questions about Trevor, but uh, going chronologically, I suppose uh, you have been uh, intersecting with Nate, right? Since, since uh, pretty much day one in Genoa city. So tell us about working with his portrayer, Sean Dominic. He is so funny. He's such a goofball. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he's he's great. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of like a specific story that I can share with you. But but every time that we work together, um, he always has this like light, fun, playful energy on set, and that really helped me in the beginning, right? Because you're the new person and you're kind of nervous and stuff, and just seeing the dynamic between the actors and how like they're like a family and how playful they are, um, it kind of makes you feel more comfortable. Um, but yeah, I, I think that her dynamic and Audra's dynamic with, with Sean, I initially, I thought that they were going to put us together, right. Cause I tested with him and stuff. Uh, but it went a different, a different direction. Who knows? Maybe in the future, right. We never know. Um, but yeah, I think they have a mutual respect for each other and, um, they try not to give away what's happening, um, right now, but I think they have a lot in common. They're both very ambitious. Uh, and I think that they both have this need to like prove themselves. So I feel like they 
they share that and that's what what makes them work in a way because sometimes you're like well why are they helping each other it's like I think they see a little bit of each other a little bit of themselves in each other yeah well viewers learned pretty quickly that Audra had a romantic past with Noah played by Rory Gibson so how would you describe Rory as a scene partner he's so sweet um and so gentle um yeah he he likes to which I appreciate like he likes to talk about the material and like the direction that that we both like how do we both see the scene and um he like I I love that he loves the craft I can see that right so just exploring options and seeing kind of where we're each coming from because I think at first the audience is like well I think even now they're like wait we how like we don't really see how that would be a like Audra's such a woman and he seems you know but sometimes um you're surprised at how like Audra I don't think was always like this um strong or she wasn't always this like I think she's strong because she had to be so maybe you know before she had to go through that really hurtful past with Noah she was maybe a little softer and more vulnerable and like more playful and then she hardened because of that experience um and that relationship that she had with Noah um but yeah no working with Rory um it's it was really nice because I I love that I'm able to talk about like the backstory and kind of where they're both coming from and like both the pain that they both shared. Yeah. He's, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. So then just as we think we're getting a handle on Audra, we learn that she is in cahoots with Tucker played by Trevor St. John. Um, so, uh, you just gave us a little bit of a sense of how experimental he can be in scenes, but tell us what he's like when the cameras aren't rolling and how you, you know, found your way into uh, working with him. He cracks me up. Oh my God. I love him. He's my absolute favorite. He, um, he likes to pull pranks. Okay. There's the, uh, you know, the orange cone, the pylons, uh, we have them by our parking spot with our name. So we know where to park. And I think a few weeks ago, um, Jason plays Billy. He was like, hey, why is there a pylon on, on top of your car? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, there's there's a pylon in, your, in the hood of your car. I'm like, okay, that's weird. I, I haven't seen it. He's like, yeah, I saw it the other day too. So I'm like, oh, maybe someone took it down because I didn't see it. And I was like, well, that's odd. And then I go outside at the, en- at the end of the day and I'm like, there it is the freaking cone on top of my car. And then I, I, I record and I took a photo and then we, we have a group message on Instagram and I was like, okay, who's responsible. But you know, Trevor doesn't have Instagram. So he wasn't in that group uh, message. So I'm like, who could, I'm like, I think it might've, it might be Trevor who did this. And then I text him. I'm like, is this you, is this you putting this on top of my car? And then uh, I forgot what he said, but it, it let me know that it was him. And I was like, you're such a prankster. And then he did it a couple more times. And then I was like, okay, like, let's not do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> and then he just grabbed the sign and then put it by my car. I'm like, he's just so funny. You know, he's just and yeah. So he's always, um, I'm like, I need to get back at him. I need to think of like a prank or something, but <laughs> yeah, you know, he's great. So that's how he is like behind the scenes. And I think a lot of his humor comes through the screen, right? He's just, he has these awesome like one-liners and he's just, um, I think his character is so fun. Uh, but yeah, working with him as an actor, uh, kind of like what I was saying earlier, right? That uh, he just, he just does what he wants in the sense, and they, and his options, his choices work, right? And so just watching him and I think one of the first things that I notice is 
how great he is at using his environment. You could be sitting down with him, having a conversation at society and he's like fiddling with something or he's observing and watching. And he's, he's so great at that. So I am learning a lot from him. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Um, now your first love scene on the show was with him. Um, were you nervous that day? Oh, I was so nervous because I'm, I've never done a sex scene and that was like my first one. So I was just like, I don't know. Oh no, it's funny. Cause I was like, okay, I wonder how intense it's going to be. So I remember watching YNR that day and it was a scene, um, uh, between, you know, Courtney and Josh. And they was like a really intense sex scene where like every time they came back, it was just like the sex scene was like progressing and it was getting more and more intense. I was like, oh my God, am I going to have to do that? I was like, oh, wow. I was like, okay, that's really intense. Um, but you know, I, I was like, I'm down. I just need to do it and then I'll get more comfortable. But it wasn't that at all. It was like, I think I just, um, took off my coat and then we kissed and that was it. But I was like ready. I was like, oh, we're going to be on the sofa, then the bed, then wrapped in the sheet, then, you know, all of, all of the above. But, um, so I was really nervous, but, um, you know, I was, I was comfortable on set, you know, and Trevor's amazing at like being like, oh, is this okay? Is it okay? Even if he touches my shoulder, he's like, is it okay if I touch your shoulder? It's like, yeah, it's fine. So I think, uh, working with actors like that, it, it just makes it, I mean, you know, so much easier. Well, before we move on to uh, the next question, I want to invite anyone listening to email sodsound at soapoperadigest.com with suggestions for how Suleika can get back at Trevor with a good <laughs> fun prank. Um, yes. So, um, you know, I, uh, I feel like we've seen a lot of, you know, fun naughtiness come out in Audra. Um, I think we saw that happen when she was goading Elena a little bit about Nate and Victoria. Um, so, you know, uh, tell us about working with that pocket, like, um, Brighton James, uh, Brittany Sarpy, Crystal Khalil, who we've also seen uh, your character intersect with. Yeah, so I, I love that how uh, Audra's just in Elena's ear, you know, because <laughs> her ulterior motives, like she wants her man. Uh, but I think she also wants Nate's job. Uh, but yeah, working with them, I uh, at the gala, I remember when we were filming those scenes and it's like all of us there, right? And um, it was really fun. Right? Like we were talking about our heights and I remember Brian being like, you're not five, four. And then uh, trying to tell uh, Michelle Morgan, you're not five, six. And then telling uh, Amelia, you're not this height. And we pull out a measuring tape and we're <laughs> like, okay, you know what? We're in the, like in between takes at the gala. And so we're pulling out the measuring tape and like doing the math. And it's like, you see, I am five, four. I'm exactly five, four. And it was it was just so funny. Like we're just going around like measuring each other and stuff. It's like, let's measure you, Brian. How about that? What if you're the one lying? Okay. But of course he didn't want to get measured. So anyway, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're great. They're fun to work with. Everyone is just so great to work with. Um, yeah. And, and, um, Elena is just, uh, Elena, Brittany is so, I mean, they're also talented, but you know, she has such a great, uh, range of emotion and her availability and, and uh, watching her work and her process is really inspiring. Um, so I'm so lucky that I get to work with such a talented cast. I, I'm learning a little bit from everyone. Uh, well, Audra's universe has certainly expanded as we are speaking uh, because everyone in the YNR fandom is talking about Audra because she just 
slept with Kyle. So, <laughs> so first of all, what is your take on it? I mean, do you think sleeping with him was a strategic move or an honest instance of attraction? Um, I think it's both, you know, I see. I, and I think I can talk about it because I don't even like really know they keep a lot from us as they should. Right. I think it's both. I think um, Audra needs some action. You know, she hasn't got action in a long time. And so he was already, uh, Kyle was already checking her out and giving her the eyes at the gala. Um, But I think um, I was surprised because I remember getting the, we get notified when we're going to have a sex scene. Um, The wardrobe department lets us know. And so we had a group text and I didn't have Michael's number. So I assumed that the other number was like someone else from wardrobe that just needed to be in the loop. Like, oh, you're going to have a sex scene. I'm like thinking like, oh, it's going to be Tucker or um, Trevor or Sean or something. And then they're like, oh, it's, I was like, oh, by the way, who's this other number? Like, just so I can save it. It's like Michael. And I was like, oh my God. So because we only had that one scene, but I was like, I wonder how they're going to connect that, that it's going to lead to that. Right. So I think we were both like really surprised because we had only had that one interaction before. Um, yeah, sorry. I don't know. What, what was your question again? <laughs> was that, did I answer? It was about what, you know, her motivation was for hitting the sheets, oh, right. tail, but we loved the anecdote so much that we too forgot the question. yeah I think it's both I think it's both I think she she's really attracted to him and it's it's fun but I think if Kyle wasn't who he was would she had like right she even look at him I don't know now Michael's very hard to look at you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly right (laughs) well tell us what it has been like kind of fast tracking uh the working relationship with Michael yeah. So I think you could tell that I was like pretty, I knew this was going to be a more intense sex scene than like a, like a real one. Right. Than what I had, um, than the little taste I had with, with Trevor. Right. So I know he told me that he's done a ton of them and his character was kind of like a bad boy and stuff before. So I was like, okay, so he's like professional at these sex scenes and I'm not, but so, he, so that he, he saw that I was like a bit nervous and stuff. So he helped call me and like, it was also very professional and respectful and sweet and kind. And, and um, yeah, I, I was pretty nervous, but then after doing it a couple of times, uh, I was like, Oh, pff, I'm a pro with this now, <laughs> uh, but he's great. He's, he's um, I think it really helps when you have a partner that understands that you're not a pro at sex scenes and it does everything they can to make you feel comfortable on set and stuff. Um, he's like really protective um, and really kind. Yeah. And well, I love their dynamic. You know, I feel like there's such opposites that at least for Audra, like he says that he's been a bad boy. She's learning that. But to her, you know, he's not a bad boy yet, at least. Right. He's going to have to prove that to her. But I, I think I like their dynamic. It's like complete opposites. Well, you know that. Uh, you know, Summer and Kyle have a big fan base. So would you like welcome getting into a true triangle with Kyle and having Alison Lanier as a as a fictional rival? Yeah, um, I think that's fun. I love it when people get like, they talk about it on Twitter and social media and all that, whether it's good, bad, I welcome it. I'm like, look at you being so invested in this. I love it. Um, yeah, and I, I, we've had a few scenes, so that's going to be coming up and that's, that's fun. That was, it's really fun. <laughs> her. Um, that's, I don't, I don't I don't think I can give away too much of that, but as one could imagine, right. Like having sex with someone's husband, 
even if they're on a quote unquote break, you know, he's like, move out. And then he goes to Audra. um yeah I think that but then I did read somewhere on Twitter that like she got him that way or something like I don't know I guess there was a previous triangle before and I guess you know so I I'm like okay so maybe it's her karma or something I'm not that familiar with that storyline but I did read some of it so then I don't feel so bad because it's what do they say Um, what goes around comes around Mm -hmm. yeah that too (laughs) Um, well, what I love what they're doing with Audra <laughs> is that I feel like they've crossed her with so many people that you kind of don't know maybe where things are going. And I thought the first scene with Audra and Adam was really interesting. You know, he pretty much dismissed her as any kind of threat to his plans for McCall versus Newman Media. So what does Audra think about that lack of respect? And do you think there's any romantic potential for those two characters? Well, I think that... Um... He's the first one that like kind of dismisses her. And I feel like she's like, okay, I have to, you know, be a little bit more calculated with him because he's not just falling for my charms like, you know, um, others have. (laughs) Uh, So I do think that it's a challenge for her and um, she's not scared of him. You know, she I think she does respect um, him a little bit more, I think, than others and. Yeah, I think that they they have an interesting dynamic. I think they're very like tit for tab. And, you know, if he wants to challenge her, she's not going to back off. She's going to challenge him back. And so I think that's interesting. I think that she's sort of in a way like met her match in the sense of like um, she needs to think a little bit harder because he's he's just as smart as she is. Um, so I think that's interesting. And then as far as like thinking about um, like in the future as a romantic partner. I, I, I don't know. Right. That's, I have no idea. I think right now, I think they're going to be right rivals because I don't know how much of that I can give away, but they, you know, mm-hmm. he, he wants something that she has and, <laughs> and he wants mm-hmm. that thing. Um, but who knows, you know, I, I think in the soap world, like I was pretty surprised with the Kyle thing. And I was also very surprised when they put me with Tucker. And so you never know, you know. Well, I think it could also be spicy to borrow Steph's word from the beginning of the conversation because of her relationship with Victoria, which has a lot of, uh, you know, layers to it as well. Um, But so like we both think you are doing such a terrific job as the new, you know, potster in town. And we're just so happy and pleased yeah. that YNR chose you to be their Audra. Uh, but before we let you go, is there anything you would like to say to those very invested YNR fans who are listening? Well, I do want to say thank you for all the support. Like I, I've been getting a lot of uh, sweet and supportive messages and I, I try to reply whenever I can. And I think it's just so, I, I, you know, even the messages that are like, they're, I know they're sometimes not directed at me personally, it's the characters. And I just like to see, I love seeing the passion that like the fan base has for these characters and how invested they are in these stories. And that also motivates me to like, do, uh, do her justice and, and, um, and show up because I know it's, it's the fans that keep this amazing show, um, going. And I just hope that they like everything that's in store because it's a lot of drama, a lot of spiciness. Um, so I, I want to thank them. But then I also want to thank both of you for, uh, my first soap digest cover. That's so amazing. Um, uh, all my friends and family went out to get it. And, um, 
Thank you for choosing a hot picture. <laughs> it's very hard. You. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be the first of many. Yes, agreed. And we thank, thank you, so you just so much for your time and for sharing all of your amazing stories. It was great to get to know you. And we definitely look forward to seeing what's next for Audra. Thank you both so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Selenka Silver for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.